Welcome to Brainwaves, student research on air. This podcast series is a collaboration between CKUT and the Postgraduate Student Society of McGill University. We are here to feature student research of all disciplines in Montreal and make academic work more broadly understood and accessible. I mean, we talked a lot about the introductory course as a gateway into computer science, um, especially for underrepresented minorities. Um, so um, one recommendation that we have is to implement pair programming. So we know that um, one of the top um, concerns that our respondents had was smaller class sizes um, because teaching resources are really being strained. Um, so pair programming is essentially when people pair up and then they work on an assignment together. So typically someone is the lead, um, so they're, they're the ones programming and then there's someone else who's sitting beside them kind of making sure that everything is going according to plan so they're the navigator. Um, and this is a style that's often used in industry. Um, so it would obviously help um, cut down on the number of assignments being graded, but also it's um, been shown in a UCSC study, um, sorry, UC Santa Cruz study, um, to do um, to have like higher completion and pass rates, higher persistence rates, as well as increased confidence. Um, so, for example, um, 59 percent. 59.5% of female students who were enrolled in a pair programming introductory class went on to declare computer science a year later compared to 22.2% in uh, the section that had individual assignments. And this is, they attributed this to the, the like stereotype that um, CS is a very like lonely and isolating sort of career where you're just by yourself with your headphones in like chugging a, a monster or a Red Bull. Um, and not only, like, this is not just for underrepresented minorities, like for um, male students as well, much higher completion rates, much higher pass rates, and um, also persistent rates. Um, and then, I mean, a lot of people will say that, you know, well, what if someone just like free rides off of someone else who maybe has more experience and, you know, they're just kind of coasting um, and they're worried about whether or not someone is truly learning. But in the in this study at UC Santa Cruz, in the next class, all the programming assignments are actually individual, and they found that there was no significant difference um, between the pass rates um, for people who were in a, the pair programming introductory class versus the um, individual class. I mean, the only difference is that you lose more students um, who were in the individual class because they don't end up persisting recommendations academically. And Liz mm -hmm. has. Yeah, so we talked earlier about uh, the power of Comp 202 and the potential. Um, so we sought out different ways other universities uh, changed their introductory course, and we found the study done at Harvey Mudd College in, um, in California, uh, where in five years they managed to increase the ratio of females uh, to 42%, which reflected their female proportion in their college. So it was a great improvement. And what was... What was interesting is that their introductory course was pretty similar to their original introductory course was pretty similar to our to Comp 202 at McGill in the sense that it was Java based, which is a, an object oriented language and which is very syntax heavy. Um, and uh, it. Uh, and it was also part of the freshman program. So you had a lot of freshmen entering and taking this class because they had to for credits. And um, the M Maria Clave, um, the head 
at Harvey Mudd College wanted to convert more students. And um, so they made three big changes. And one of the big changes was changing their introductory course. And one of the things they did is using Python instead of Java, because in when you're teaching Java, you have so much syntax to learn and mm -hmm. so much you have to learn what an object or oriented language is. And so you spend most of the class learning how to to do Java rather than what computer science is. Mm -hmm. um, and then another change that they did was they covered a, like a large variety of topics, not just programming, but um, an overview of computer science theory, which is really interesting, like analysis of org algorithms and what's like, what can you program and what can't you program um, and Turing machines. And then also how computers work. You know, you take COM202 and you end and you still don't really know what 011 means and how that makes everything happen. So it was a lot about demystifying computer science by looking at the theory, looking how a computer works. And it makes you appreciate so much more what computer science is and how powerful it is and all the different things you can do with it. You are listening to Brainwaves, student research on air. Head to the website culture.cket.ca slash brainwaves to listen to other podcasts in the series or to learn more about having your own research featured. If you are enjoying this podcast, consider checking out All Things McGill from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Monday on CKET 90.3 FM on the dial or www.ckt.ca online. So I guess that's something that I would recommend in Comp 2 is trying to cover a wider variety of topics and really questioning if covering, if using Java is a good idea because you just you spend so much time trying to understand syntax and you maybe leave the comp 202 thinking that computer science is just learning languages when it really mm -hmm. isn't. It's so much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. I just finished my third year and I feel like I finally understand what computer science is. Like mm -hmm. after my first year, I, I thought it was just learning languages, but the more I took classes on specific topics now i've been able to put them all together and see the bigger picture when i feel like that could have happened way earlier and now i i feel like i appreciate computer science way more and have a better idea of all the different things i can do with it um so it's a shame because i feel like if i realized that earlier i would have had more motivation mm -hmm. before uh do you feel like having more female professors would make any difference or not um Actually, it's quite interesting. Um, so I, I read the study that, oh, this is going to be in um, one of our other recommendations. Um, I, I think having visibility is really important. Just seeing someone who looks like you mm -hmm. um, maybe teaching. So for example, in, in Comp 202, the introductory class, um, there's, there's a female instructor um, who I believe was a uh, McGill undergrad before um, starting grad school at McGill. And I think that that helps. I mean, obviously, it's too early to tell. Um, but I think, you know, no matter what, having someone who looks like you is comforting, um, especially if you're not sure whether or not you should move on to the next class or if you should, you know, kind of one foot in the water, one foot out with like a maybe a, mm -hmm. a double major the way I did it. Yeah, I think it's important in computer science, especially because the geek hacker boy stereotype is so alive. And I mean, when you ask like, what do you think a computer scientist looks like? It's going to be, like, someone who codes all day. Their life is coding. And I, I think that's a big problem because people enroll into computer science thinking that they won't fit in because 
coding isn't all that they do. And that's something that's a sentiment that we've seen across the board. And um, it's not true. So it's definitely good to have role models, like people like you um, in positions of power or excelling in what they're doing. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, and that's, that's actually one of our other recommendations to send um, students to this, this conference um, for women in computing called uh, Grace Hopper. So um, it's basically like a three-day powwow of, you know, professional development slash tech talks. And it's, it, I mean, I went last year and it was just very, like, wonderfully overwhelming to be in a crowd of like 12,000 other women in computer science. Um, and, you know, you felt like you could talk about anything there. You didn't have to kind of put up a tough front. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I was reading this paper that um, was basically talking about the conference's impact on undergrad female students. So um, we know that there's less female um, professors in CS and, you know, other STEM fields um, in general. And they found that, you know, after they came back, all of them reported really positive impressions of going to this conference. Um, and before they went, only one out of the seven was considering grad school. But then when they followed up with all these seven students a year later, six out of seven were either on their way to grad school or were seriously considering it. So, I mean, I think it's two-pronged. Um, so attending conferences like these or having the resources to send students to conferences like Grace Hopper not only kind of um, improves the chances of retention, but also might help, you know, years and years down the line with kind of equaling the playing field in academia and in these positions of power where, you know, you're, you're instructing the future computer scientists. Mm -hmm. uh, for folks who are unfamiliar with the conference, would you talk about it a little bit more? Like, is it uh, focused on women? When is it? Where is it? What is the registration fee? Oh, um, yeah. So the Grace Hopper uh, Celebration of Women Computing um, is uh, this year. I mean, this upcoming year, it's in Houston. It's in late October. Um, it does cost quite a bit to go. Like I remember last year, it um, I did end up getting funding from um, the school. Um, so it cost, I think, about $1,400 in total. Um, so it's three days. You know, you listen to talks from like really amazing women like Sheryl Sandberg. Um, at, like Chelsea Clinton was there, um, Maxine Williams of Facebook, who's like their head of diversity. Um, and there's also like really cool small sessions and also opportunity labs. And you just, it's just really cool when you sit down and like to the left of you, there's like a program manager from Amazon and to the right of you, there's like a, you know, level five software engineer from Microsoft and you're all just kind of sitting together and just talking. It's cool. And folks can apply at McGill to get funding for this? Um, so actually, that's what we're going to be working on. Um, so there's going to be a Seeds of Change um, campaign run through the alumni office um, in the next um, month and a half, I believe. And that will be um, to send um, students to Grace Hopper in October. Uh, would you like to add anything? Yeah, we actually had a survey comment that we got um, that really we felt... Represented the whole yeah. kind of frustration and like basically had all the negative experiences that yeah. one could possibly have in one. What was it? Uh, we're going to mm -hmm. say it. It's a, so um, she left this comment in the, we had like a, any other comments in the survey. She said, I left CS because I was not doing well in my classes. 
often getting the average grade for the, each course, sometimes slightly lower. And I concluded CS wasn't for me. I never talked to my professors because I feared they would realize I was dumb or that I wasn't meant to be in CS. My classmates would say, wow, you're too pretty to be a CS major, or assume that we shared no interests. The only CS friends I had were other women in my classes or friends I knew from elsewhere who happened to be in CS. I forced myself to stay in CS because I wanted to fight against the lack of women in tech. Eventually, I was so unhappy in the program that I switched faculties and studied something else. I felt the teaching style in CS courses were catered to people who already knew what they already knew they wanted to be programmers, not someone like me, a girl who was good at math in high school and had a software engineer dad, but had done very little programming before CompTIA 2. All I knew was that you could do very, very cool and powerful things with computers, and I wanted to learn how they worked, how to program how to program them to make the world a better place. I had hoped my professors would show me interesting applications for what we were learning. So even if I found the data structure a bit boring, I could see how it was useful for all sorts of people doing lots of different things. In each class, my professors would try to add some practical applications for the algorithms we learned, but every single application was always for math, biology, or physics. It was never music, arts, economics, digital humanities, or anything that was grounded in directly helping communities. At some point, I lost sight of how I could ever use CS in, in a field other than CS, math, physical sciences, so I left. You just listened to Brainwaves, student research on air. Head to the website culture.ckut.ca slash brainwaves to listen to other podcasts in the series or to learn more about having your own research featured. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider checking out All Things McGill from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on CKUT 90.3 FM on the dial or www.ckut.ca online. CKUT is McGill's campus community radio station that provides alternative music, news, and spoken word programming to the city of Montreal and surrounding areas, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year.